Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, and I would just like to open with an apology, <laughs> just saying yes. that I was supposed to be present on the 5th of <laughs> July in the morning to record this week's pop culture roundup due yeah. to a somewhat raucous 4th of <laughs> July party. I was, uh, unavailable to do that (laughs) yeah yeah you really left me high and dry there I was ready I was prepped I had I told Rob like oh don't go on your run yet like I have to do the podcast so you have to watch Penny like please please and then then you just like I texted (laughs) you fairly early though didn't I yeah I mean uh, did I I I have I I have low recall on the events of (laughs) yeah I don't think we trust your memory there Yeah, it's too bad. It, it it would have been a fun a fun PCR, but it's fine. We're here, we're conscious, we're ready um, to talk about some truly great cinema. Um, yes, we couldn't we couldn't skip the whole week. We had to come no, for this. No, we had to come back. Well, I had watched the first half of this movie prior to the party, <laughs> and so. I was like, okay, over my dead body will I have wasted watching, you know, the first hour yeah. of this of this movie that is just like goofy. It's just like <laughs> weird, you know? There's just a lot yeah. going on here. And as I we had originally been sort of up in the air about whether we should cover this or Zola. Mm-hmm. And and so you had seen them both like earlier in the weekend and we're like, uh, I don't know if like either of them are good to cover, but like I guess <laughs> the Tomorrow War. So I then watched both of them or finished both of them yesterday. And I was like, oh my gosh, the Tomorrow War has so much to talk about because yeah. it is <laughs> one of the weirdest films I have ever sat through. I was like, this is... Like, it truly makes no sense. Like, who's it for? There's, like, six (laughs) different pieces that, like, don't go together. The tone is weird. The actors that they... Like, there's nothing in this that makes any sense at all. And so (laughs) I'm just so excited to talk about it. (laughs) Okay, good. Because I watched Zola first, and I liked Zola. That was going to be, like, my love it or hate it. But I was kind of like, I'm not sure if a lot of people will see it. And it also feels, like, kind of edgier than our usual audience would go for i don't know maybe i misread the whole thing and then i watched tomorrow war and i was like oh that's a bad movie (laughs) maybe we shouldn't promote this in any way um but do you feel like we made the right choice yeah because (laughs) i mean i also really liked zola well i guess really liked it strong i thought zola was good it also had some issues that were sort of weird and wonky (laughs) but the thing with Zola is I feel a little bit triggered after In the Heights where I feel like everybody <laughs> I know was like, Zola, can't wait to see it. So excited, like looks so good. And then I was mm-hmm. like, I think actually that's only the film Twitter people and my friends in yeah. New York. I think truly no one else cares about this at all. Yeah. Um, where I also heard nothing about the Tomorrow War, but... <laughs> I know, I was going to say. 
maybe that is transcending more across like middle america it's on amazon yeah yeah, you know it has chris pratt like you know middle america's favorite chris probably so it has Um, a bunch of like sort of (laughs) big name people yeah in again very weird roles for them but yeah i mean to give a overall picture this is the I mean, it had been sort of like on the fringe of coming out and then COVID and stuff. And um, this is a Chris Pratt, (laughs) Chris McKay directed movie um, that's about people from the future coming back to the past to get people um, drafted into this future war to try and save humanity from this, this alien, I don't know, race that's decimated the Earth's population. And that's like the premise. Uh, act- in actuality, there's like six other movies happening at the same time, but that's what was going on. And well, um, and even like the the premise of it of okay, there's these aliens that are have arrived in the future. They're killing everybody, so we have to go back and get people to yeah. then like fight off the aliens. Like even that doesn't really make any sense because. <laughs> Like you, if you're sending people back, I mean, the time travel stuff in this is wonky and they sort of like, just try to like brush it off really quickly. But it's like, if you can send people back and forth through time, then you could just send people back in time to like warn the people to, you know, sort of like stop (laughs) it earlier. Well, but they want to save their own lives, you know? Right. But they could save their own lives by going back and changing it. Correct. Well, okay, so I worked through this with my my husband and sister, and I think what happened is, um, so they found, like, a rip in the fabric of time, and they were able to, like, jump back and forth, but each timeline was moving at the same time, so it's not like they could keep going back to, like, December 2nd over and over and over. They were just, they happened to find this glitch of separation between the 30 years of them, and they could then travel back and forth between them, which is why they kept going further in the future rather than somewhere more recent to stop things. So that meant that there's two timelines. So they were changing the past timeline. Like it was a different branch. The instant the pa- the future people came to the, <laughs> came to the present. So that new timeline exists, but the old, the like future timeline wants to save their own skin. So they're like, wait, no, help us. Don't you want to? <laughs> Well, but- Which just proves that this current timeline was stupid to fall for it because it's like, nah, why would I waste bodies on a timeline that I'm no longer a part of? Well, but here's the thing that it was confusing to me is <laughs> okay. that then, I mean, spoiler alert, the solution <laughs> at the end is that the people in the past timeline, like, just kill the monsters before they can sort yeah. of, like, hatch. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't understand why no one in any oh, of yeah, these yeah, yeah. time, like in either of these timelines, thought of this solution earlier. Like Chris yeah. Pratt comes up with this, like you know, two thirds of the way through the movie, and you're like, no one, well, no one else thought of that. That the the solution that everyone else came up with was like, oh, let's get just random ass people <laughs> from the past. We're not even going to give them uniforms. We're just going to drag them to the future. Just like stick a gun in their hand and be like, have at it. No training. Yeah, yeah. Well, the answer to that is also explained in the movie. Um, 
uh, it's that they don't know where the aliens came from, just that the one day they appeared. Right, but they're doing no work to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The future people were way too distracted at that point to try and like problem solve, huh, I wonder if we could have figured out where they were because they were distracted by these, you know, superhuman killing machines. Um, the people in our current <laughs> timeline administration, the Chris Pratt of it all, um, just proved to be inept in almost every way. And I think they just fell for the shininess of, wow, these people are time travelers. I guess we should listen to them. And thus, um, you know, is nature's folly struck yet again with um, a lack of critical thinking skills, um, which I think is generally what the film is about, right? It's a, it's a testament to our own failures, you know, with global warming, um, issues about, <laughs> it all comes down to global warming really and, and how our society fails to come together and there's a real selfish push back against doing something for the greater good. You know, that's the theme of people who get mad that they're being brought into this war. But, right, um, but is that the theme? Is that the theme <laughs> of the movie? Because if, if that is, they sort of, um, they don't really hit it head on, you know? Yeah. No, it really, it really struggled it, from the get go. It really, you know, I like, I like a dumb movie. I like a good disaster flick. I, I spent my, yeah, this felt very up your alley. It made me miss like the glory that is Edge of Tomorrow, the the sheer intelligence behind that film. Um, it also made me want to revisit Captive State and just prove that that's a better oh, movie gosh. than this. <sighs> so <laughs> I feel like this movie really didn't know what it wanted to be, which you you talked about. Like I feel like it didn't know what it wanted to be in its tone. It was sometimes funny, sometimes like meant to be really depressive and moody and atmospheric. Um it was sort of this, let's take on the aliens. It was time travel, but then it was also like a brawny, like, yeah, let's go blow things up because that'll solve our problems. Yeah. It was all over the place. Well, because it, so, yes. On, I feel like there's maybe <laughs> four different types of movies that this was attempting to be because yeah. you do have sort of like the time travel loop thing, which was very kind of like interstellar light. You had definitely a plot line that was very similar to Alien, the movie. Mm. You had this sort of like commando, Rambo, like we're a small band of like military force doing this operative mission that is going to save the world. But then also you had the... I thought most interesting plot of this, oh, we have all of these civilians who are like being shipped into the future to fight this war because so the first act is is i don't know if it's the best act or the worst there's (laughs) there's sort of like three portions of this movie that are that are like completely separate from each other yeah yeah and so the first act is chris pratt gets drafted he used to be in the military now he's a science teacher he's part of this group of people who's getting pulled from the past to go fight this future war so it's him and all of these random people and they are like we're giving you no military training we're not even really <laughs> giving you like cost like an outfit because yeah. by the because there's a scene where they're all in this room and it's like oh we're the new recruits and it's just like truly random people and one person is like in a chef outfit with a <laughs> chef hat <laughs> 
And it's like, what? Like this person, like, did he literally, was he like pulled from his job because he didn't have any time to like go home and change into, <laughs> you know, some kind of athleisure or something. He just like showed up, yeah. you know, straight from the waffle house in his chef outfit. Um, I think that speaks to the issues of tone. Cause I really do think they were doing it joke like i think they well, were like lol chef yes. isn't that funny well, but and, it just wasn't and that's and the thing with the first act is i feel like there's a lot of comedians sort of in the mix yeah. <laughs> chris pratt who's funny you have betty gilpin who isn't really doing anything funny in this but like is a comic actress right. then the rest of this you know, sort of like band of troops that are going through like basic training and then get shipped to Miami where they have to, it's sort of like unclear at first, like what their objective is other than just to like fight aliens. But then they sort of <laughs> land there and it's like, oh, you actually have to like get some kind of piece of information from this lab. Um, uh, so yeah. it's this group of like, again, untrained civilians just like running through desecrated Miami like fighting against these aliens but the people in the group are all sort of like comedians and it's this <laughs> like funny moment of oh like what would it be like if truly it's a military movie but instead of military people it's just all like randoms it's like saving yeah. private ryan but with like oh it's phoebe from friends is now one of the people <laughs> like in the platoon yeah it yeah it was kind of like it's hard like, to even know where to like start with this film because gail the snail from um it's always sunny in Philadelphia is one of the mm. people and I love her and she's very and, funny and she's great and, in this. Um, and Veep, the, um, the funny guy, straight guy, straight man from Veep. Um, he's like yes. Chris Pratt's best friend in this. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's kind of like, it feels like it could have been funnier. Like they could have played it like a sort of Deadpool zombie land type of like, oh, well, like, let's just go all crazy in this premise. But simultaneously, you have this, like, oh, my gosh, Chris Pratt is a dad, but he feels, like, down on himself because he's not special enough. And and he wants to be special for I don't know what reason, his male ego, I guess. And he's like, oh, should I? I have daddy issues, and I should, like, I should run away from this draft, but I shouldn't because I can do this and I'll save humanity. And so it's all like happening in tandem with these weird jokes and lazy like characters that feel more like tropes. And then on top of that, it's all sort of building up to this big reveal of what the aliens are because in training, they don't even bother to tell these poor saps what they're going to be facing because it's like, oh, studies show if we showed you none of you would none of you would even go through with the jump and it's like well maybe you guys should work on your uh, campaign then a little bit to make people interested in this i don't know if it was the betty gilpin of it all or just in general but i i was thinking during that first number about the hunt where it's like yeah. again all of these people and they're just sort of like dying rapidly right. at the beginning yes. and like nobody knows what's going on and yes. i feel like that's what i was thinking and i thought oh maybe this is going to be more of a comedy because we we haven't seen the monsters yet it's just kind of like people running around through the streets <laughs> but then it turns out that that first act is like really the only 
comedy act of it because once (laughs) the people start getting killed and then you do have like a sort of funny moment where gail the snail is like i'm gonna like stand off against the aliens well and like sacrifice my life or whatever like i feel like that's kind of the end of any humor and then we move into the second act which is like chris pratt and and his what we find out later is his like adult fully grown daughter in the future played by Yvonne Strahovski from Handmaid's Tale but they are both like deadly serious and they're trying to get (laughs) this this like female monster because they need her DNA so they can create a toxin that's gonna kill her (laughs) and that whole section is just like straight action and very serious um and not really funny at all yeah and it's about more daddy issues and like that was the whole thing that was like there's not a through line of like what i should care about and why like they introduced that um chris pratt has daddy issues with his jk simmons father figure who was never there for him but he's all around a good husband and a good father except for he's sad that he's not special and so then suddenly the girl's like has this like secret she won't tell him about how he died and like oh like why why they aren't close anymore or whatever and I thought it would be related somehow. Like, I don't know how exactly because the timeline wouldn't mean that it, she, he knew anything about the aliens. But but it turns out it was just like, oh, yeah, you turned out to be kind of a bad dad and you, like, left us because you were feeling unfulfilled <laughs> by parenthood. And it was just like, well, what's the, what's the point here? Like, what's happening? And I thought there'd be, like, something emotional to carry us through. But... You know, because in every movie, no matter how bad, there's always something, you know, like whether it's Edge of Tomorrow and him having to like realize that, oh, I can't just be this like front facing military guy. I have to like get into it and like really like fight to survive or something like Independence Day where it's a big, um, you know, a, a group of people, but they're all like motivated by the relationships they have. Here it was just like, oh, like let's have a monologue here and then one here, and they're not really related, but like maybe there's an emo- enough emotional piece there that someone will latch onto something and maybe it'll carry us through. But also, let's just get back to blowing up monsters. Well, also, the whole movie felt so disjointed that <laughs> yeah. when I was looking at the I just sort of assumed like, okay, this has to be one of these projects that has like a bunch of different writers (laughs) on it. And it's like, oh, it came from this person and then this person made a change and then blah, 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 blah. It's like a mashup. But there's only one author and both the author or the screenwriter and the director are kind of new. So you would have to assume that this project like came to the studio and they were like, yes, like this looks good. We're willing to sort of bet on this script. Yeah. And I don't understand how that happened. (laughs) I will say that I felt like the... So I think the first act is like the most interesting. I think the second act, which is them sort of like trying to get this monster and then then this massive fight on this like water, like oil Mm. rig sort of research center that they have where these just like all of these monsters are swarming. I thought that those were like kind of cool action scenes and had like interesting stuff going on. And also the fight on the oil rig thing is 
<laughs> like the biggest like set piece. So when that ended and Chris Pratt escapes with what is like basically the poison that's going to kill all these monsters, yeah. I was like, okay, this is perfect. Like this is this should be the end of the movie because yeah. we're at like the hour <laughs> like forty five mar- minute mark, probably hour and a half at that point. You're like, okay, they make the toxin, they give it to the future, you know, whatever. But instead, (laughs) we then wander off to this whole third act where they have to like go up to this snow glacier and dig underground and find (laughs) this like alien spacecraft that has these aliens on board and then they're fighting them in the snow. And it's just so boring and it feels like such a letdown after this massive fight that we've seen in the middle. And... I just, again, was baffled at, like, who, whose decision it was to, like, attack this on. Yeah. And and honestly, if you didn't have that point, that part, you wouldn't have needed the J.K. Simmons character at all <laughs> in the movie. So it's like they got to cut that. Like, this, this was, yeah. it was almost two and a half hours long. And you could have easily trimmed it down to, like, a, under two hours and had a movie that I think was better and maybe, like, a bit more tonally cohesive. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's called The Tomorrow War, right? And it's like The Tomorrow War ends at that one hour Mm -hmm. 50 mark when all the aliens blow up this this like safe zone. And it's like and he gets the cure. And I was like, okay, congratulations. You did it. You made like a mediocre movie that stuck to its premise and worked out. (laughs) And you know that that like the shot with him like falling and there's the monsters (laughs) and there's her. Yes. It's like that. That's like the money shot that clearly everyone in the movie was like this. This is (laughs) we really killed this. So to have that happen and then it's like and now we're still going to do another 40 minutes. Like why? (laughs) And it wasn't even like that's like the emotional payoff. It's like, oh, him and his daughter were able to reconnect. He like had this moment. He felt like he could return to his younger daughter and be like a better man and never have that happen. But it's like, but suddenly then it turns into like the A team or, you know, this weird like hodgepodge of characters coming together to, to save humanity through brute force and like illogical choices, honestly, because that's what, doesn't make sense is you know the timeline the time travel it all is kind of murky and you're like i'll suspend belief and we'll like watch these aliens eat people and like that's cool and like great congrats to you but then (laughs) you know he gets back and instead of being heralded as like the hero who solved it it's kind of just like oh well the portal closed like we don't know why but i guess we'll just like "Mm, see how the next 20 years go and he's like no i have this and they're like well nah it's fine like there's no movement (laughs) to support him or this final solution it's just like the the science teacher with the the bio weapon is just allowed to go back to it and he's like oh I guess, like, I should go find these monsters. Well, and he has this information about, like, volcanoes or, or what. or Because <laughs> yeah. or of the claw. Well, uh. yeah, yeah, because he has this, like, claw from the animals. But it's like, again, even though he was in the military, like, he was a part of nobody is supporting him so he has to figure out where this is based on like this kid in his elementary school science class who just like knows a lot about volcanoes he's the only one who knows yeah it's like it's like there's not a scientist or somebody who can help with this like we can't get the military involved at one point they do they are like 
oh, well, maybe we should talk to the government. And they're like, oh, that government's not going to help us at all. It's like, yeah. it's like the government's going to do favorite. something because they've just been drafting all these people from the, it's like, I think it's they're like, into it. I think they'll it. be thrilled. Yeah, yeah. They'll be happy to have this easy end. And that's the other thing is it's like, it turns out like, oh, the aliens have been here a long time, but they were frozen under this glacier and it's global warming that wakes them up because the ice melts and suddenly they're free. And like, that's like the twist is that, oh my gosh, like we've done this to ourselves, but we didn't know it because it didn't come, like it, it came centuries ago or whatever. And so the fact that his solution is not to like, okay, we'll just like mass produce this toxin, maybe lay a few traps around the area and wait 20 years and see what happens. He's like, no, let's go, let's go stir the pot a little bit. <laughs> like, it's like he, he then proceeds to, to destroy the glacier. Yeah. He, he causes their awakening in the most, the stupidest thing I've ever seen in and we've watched a lot of stupid movies, but it was just like, it turns out that they, the only way to kill these aliens is a shot to the like egg sack, like one by one. And they walk into the spaceship and they're like, oh, look, we found six of them. I guess we'll start here. And they don't realize like, oh, wait, there's enough aliens on this ship to destroy the entire planet. Maybe we should check it out and figure out a more, you know, quicker way to handle this because at the rate they're going even if the even if the aliens hadn't woken up it would take them a long time to kill them one shot at a time but then of course they do wake him up and of course they do get out of the quarantine and of course it does end up being like a basically armed arm combat with the mother alien lady thing and it's just like wow this was this is a lot of poor choices by a lot of dumb people who shouldn't have been given this power in the first place yeah, truly. It was, <laughs> it was so bad. It was, yeah. It just, nothing made any sense in it. It was <laughs> yeah. like there were part, there were moments that I found enjoyable and kind of fun, but everything was so dumb. Yeah. Every character's choice was literally the dumbest thing. They, they, they know that the woman alien, the like, you know, the, the, the breeder of them all is the evil one, the the toughest one to beat, and that the rest of them are just guarding her like honeybees. Right. So they should and kill they him kill her, her first. first. Right. <laughs> it just drove me nuts. And then like the aliens themselves were kind of like, you know, they were disgusting, they were creepy. Congrats to you, you made a monster interesting. But it was like they never really it was like, how are you not understanding what you're fighting at this point you've been able to build this you had enough time to build this sort of janky time travel thing and this sort of like bubble in the middle of the ocean like congrats to you but you don't know that they like i don't know like they don't that they communicate that they're able to call people to them that maybe you should like work on muzzling the woman before you try to like <laughs> storm her nest like it's just all like you could have done one step different and I think you would have had a much easier time of it, you know? Well, it's one of it's like The Walking Dead or any of sort yeah. of these like post-apocalyptic things where the the you sort of are relying on the fact that like everyone is so dumb and can't think <laughs> and like no one can figure out like what the actually the best practices are to like get through this. Right. I mean, and it's sort of the same with like a quiet place too, where yeah they it's like in all actuality i think 
humanity is smart enough that if you gave them any sort of like time, they would be able to figure out how to dispatch with these monsters or zombies or whatever, like fairly quickly because we have a lot of technology. And again, the monsters might be smart, but they're still like animal, like instincty, you know, it's not like they're building weapons (laughs) and technology and whatnot. So they do have some neatly decorated nests though, you know? Yes. (laughs) And that's the other thing is like, everything felt formulaic. It's like, Oh, of course they're, they're capturing this, this like, woman creature and they're gonna keep her on the ship and then it's gonna call all of its little minions to her and it's gonna destroy this like safe this like quarantine they've set up and it's like there was a literal moment where chris pratt is like we should kill this creature (laughs) and she's like no no we don't have time and it's like i think you could spare a minute here and like just shoot this creature full of the toxin you just made and thus you know spare yourself from having the the uh queen bee tracing you down and and then the whole thing turns out that they're sort of intelligent and it's like maybe able to smell them or the toxin and so it's like hunting them specifically but it's not really explained why and there's just a lot happening that i was like someone didn't sit down and plan this out and I bet that someone was a white person who got away with this mediocre script and it irritates me to no end well also there's the scene where they're trying to yes escape from the safe zone or whatever get to this helicopter and it's (laughs) like there's they're in a mad dash but then they have time to sort of like sit and have like a monologue in the middle (laughs) of it there's like fire going around it just yeah nothing really made sense in this movie at all and you could tell that it was a little bit stolen from this, a little bit stolen from yeah. that, all sort of crammed together. And I wish, I feel like that there is a good version of this movie somewhere. Yeah. It's just, they need to like pick a lane and decide what Honestly, to do with it. Tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is it's like, how, how did the aliens swim to their like far off thing? Did you not know they could swim? And then sometimes they could fly, but then sometimes they were just like dumb little bug creatures you had to kill. Sometimes they were collecting corpses and like hanging them in wiry. Like it was all very strange. And one guy was like so battle worn. He's like, I'm collecting claws. And it's like, why? He's like, I don't know, because it reminds me of like what I, (laughs) what I have to live. I don't know. And supposedly (laughs) they were like, the aliens motivation is that they were just eating the people like they were hungry, (laughs) but then it didn't really seem like that. That's what they were doing, you know, because they would just kill everything. Right. Oh, well, Matt, I don't know if you heard, but as they walked through the spaceship, they were able to surmise that, Oh, these aliens weren't the, they were just like cattle for these aliens that crash landed the ship. They're just like land decimators, you know? So I, I don't know how they knew that, um, you know, but he's a biology teacher, so it checks out. Yes, well, and he does have the information <laughs> of a 12-year-old who knows a lot yeah. about volcanoes. <laughs> who knows, like, the most Googleable fact about, like, where does this thing exist on planet Earth? And it's like, <laughs> here, I've made up an entire... But then I'm still confused <sighs> as to, like, when did the alien ship crash? Like, did it... Ha- it- it, did it crash during the volcano or that it just was there at that time? Yeah, like I was just like, so yeah. like, did the volcano actually have anything to do with the crash <laughs> and how? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It was all very weird. And I feel like if they had just ended with him getting this, the, like the 
the toxin and like coming back and like dealing with a little bit of PTSD, but ultimately realizing like, oh, he has a second chance. How lucky. Then that's like, that's your, that's your uplift. That's your grand finale. But instead they like introduce this (laughs) daddy issues thing and JK Simmons is there like beating up a a monster. And then at one point there's like this dramatic cut where Chris Pratt's going to sacrifice himself. But then JK Simmons is like, no, don't. And he, gives himself a little paper cut on his palm (laughs) even though to that point we'd had no proof that these monsters are that dumb and gullible and are just like drawn to smell or whatever it is so it was all just like weird and also you had like some weird jokes at the end with um um the veep guy is still there struggling to you know kill aliens yeah like why is he around still (laughs) but then other people are having emotional moments where they're supposed to be sacrificing themselves and it's supposed to be powerful but it's like you guys are all just idiots and you risk the entire humanity again because you didn't want to like talk to a few suits about the best way to go forward even though those suits had been the ones who figured out how to like get you to the next you know to the time jump so that you could come back with the it's like why did they lose faith in the system? I don't know. It, it seems like the most logical thing to do would have been to trust, you know, the global UN they just created to manage I just, war. I just want the movie that is all of these sort of like idiot townspeople <laughs> like somehow getting drafted into something like this where then they're like running around but it's sort of like funny and they sort of inspector Clouseau their way to like a victory like kind of haphazardly <laughs> yeah. you know it's kind of like a spy or I don't know something like that and yeah. I feel like that's a funnier movie and would have made this more unique if they had leaned more in that direction yeah but Alas, no. Um, <laughs> so would you say this is a now, later, or never? I would say this is a never. And I've said there's a lot of nows out there that are just as dumb. But this one takes the cake. I really don't think it was fun enough to justify sitting through two and a half hours. Yeah, it's the length for me. Like, yeah. if this had been an hour 45, I would have said, like, sure, it's got enough stuff in it that it's, like, interesting. But it was long. I mean, I had to watch it in two parts. It was like a slog. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I like um, Chris McKay usually. I He did like, you know, Lego movie. He He's had some fun ends there, but he did not do a good job directing this. And whoever wrote it did a horrible job writing it. And honestly, the actors all, you know, Chris Pratt, he did exactly as well as I expected him to. But I usually imagine better coming from J.K. Simmons. I I thought Betty Gilpin had had I more talents was, than she I think was it was all the here. script. I think it was yeah. all the script. I think that's the the issue. I am I'm sort of confused as to how they managed to attach this many good people to this <laughs> script. But yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. Because Betty Gilpin really had nothing to do. Like, yeah. I kept thinking that she was going to be involved somehow in something, but she really didn't. She was just, no, like, she's the wife. Just the doting wife, yeah. It's like, I thought we'd moved past that as a society. I thought we'd outgrown these tropes, but they were all there. You know, the tired soldier who was like, these people aren't worth saving. But then he comes around in the end, and it's all just too much. <laughs> Gail the Snail was the highlight of this film for me. <laughs> Like once she died, I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah. And that Maybe, and the chef yeah. and the chef hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy's in a literal chef hat. That was the best part. 
Mm-hmm. And and then it just got dark fast. Like bodies were flying fall falling through the Miami skyline. It was all just too real. It was like what's and not happening? in like a fun way. No, it was all just dark and everyone should have died in that pool, but congratulations, Kurt Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt lived to see another day to meet his daughter in the flesh. Oh my gosh. Um limited conversations with her. Okay. Lightning um, round questions. I have some. Okay, yeah. Um, what do you feel like you will be doing in the year of our Lord 2051, which is like the future of this? We'll both be 60. Oh man. Honestly, I don't have a lot of, (laughs) I don't have a lot of hope. I don't have a funny answer because I feel like we'll be struggling through a very serious, um, environmental crisis and it will drastically change the shape of our our country and our society. So honestly, I'll probably be struggling to survive somewhere. Or Cheery. if I've if I've stayed in Houston, I'll be underwater. I I don't know. What'll you be doing? My gosh. I I will say this. Yes, obviously like the environmental stuff is getting more and more dire by the day and yeah. people are truly idiots in that they're not taking this seriously but i do have like faith in humanity as a whole that people are very smart they're very um you know good at coming up with things and sort of once we wake up and realize like okay we need to put effort into the environmental issues and like figure out how to save the world that (laughs) <laughs> I think that people can do it, you know, because it's like with COVID and stuff. I mean, with. Oh, yeah. What about that? <clears throat> uh, well, like it was bad, obviously. But when people, when everyone realized, okay, we got to put our effort into this and like come up with a vaccine and get get it all figured out. It's like people, people were able to come together. They were able to pull it out, even with a whole section of the of the <laughs> world saying that it wasn't real. So I don't know. Like, Well, I mean, to be fair, most of the world is still struggling under well, uh, COVID and yes. full variants and don't right. have vaccines. So yeah. I yes. mean, capitalism is keeping the vaccine from getting to most of the world. So it's tough to see that. I mean, would the U.S. survive the um, apocalypse coming our way? Maybe. I don't know. Well, the- <laughs> I feel insulty. The, I mean, I just feel like, will, like, will there, will it be bad and difficult and will there be negative things? Yes. But also I refuse to be somebody who's like, has, is like, let's just kill everybody now. We're going to be dead. I'm like, no, I have faith in the world and in people. I don't want to kill everybody now. I'm just saying. You're just saying. I am saying that I have seen, you know, it it seems like the world should be waking up. And honestly, a lot of individuals are. But the problem is our our corporate structure means Mm -hmm. that we have little power. And the people who do have power are currently trying to fly to space just for the heck of it. So that's kind of where my uh, pessimism <laughs> comes by. It's also a bad weekend to ask about that because, you know, the ocean was literally on fire and yes. people in British Columbia just died from a major heat wave and Portland is like, it's, you know, it's just been a tough one. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, fe- I feel that as well. But, you know. But by the year 2051, hopefully... <laughs> We have gotten our shit together a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this movie proves that even the stupidest man 
has the the capabilities to save humanity if push comes to shove. Right. So. It's you and I could probably do it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um I was gonna ask if uh what's what um what like what would you have to be watching to have the um the future tellers pop through the TV and you'd see it happen live? Like, you know what I mean? Because they're watching a game on Christmas Eve or something. But I wouldn't be watching that. So I feel like it would take a while for the news to get to me. But what would be something that you were doing that would make it so you were one of the first to understand what was happening? I mean, if it, if it was a live event, I feel like it would either have to be the Oscars or some mm. kind of award show or mm. like one of the Survivor finales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I was going to say The Bachelor. I think, you know, that's one I rarely miss, but I don't know. But The Bachelor is not to- live at all, is it? Right, but it would be like, oh, cut to wow, we're getting some crazy footage here, and I'm oh, like, okay, it, like we're interrupting this enough, broadcast. Yeah. Okay, I would leave the TV on and be like, oh, fine, I'll watch this. News also, <laughs> I think the Olympics start soon. Oh yes. yeah, they do. Yeah, like the twenty third. I something. feel like I have been paying zero attention to that at all. <laughs> but yes, You've been busy. You had a busy month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I did. It was a, it was a fun time. <laughs> but unfortunately the um the people excited about pride and the people excited about the summer olympics i'm not sure there's a ton of overlap <laughs> there so it wasn't it wasn't popping up in my feed a bunch that's too bad there you're, there's some interesting stories there too um did you have another question though uh yes which if you had if there was a u.s city that you were like okay it has to be decimated in a firestorm and run Ooh. overrun by aliens such as miami in this which city are you like yeah we can do without that one Oh, uh, Philadelphia. Or actually Boston. Honestly, Boston. Boston, you can keep it. I just, I was so, nothing about Boston appealed to me. It it was like, I'm not like into seafood, so that's part of it. And also like. um, This is, this is, this is poorly thought out, Shelby. You have the entirety of the U.S. and cities that you can get rid of and you're getting rid of Boston or Philadelphia. (laughs) Yeah. I have I had very negative experiences there. It's personal. Like, what would you choose? Like Omaha? Like, I don't know. I mean, no I one feel- in Omaha offended me, but people, you know, in Philadelphia, someone stole my bag, and in Boston, I had to eat a um an overpriced um what is that dessert that everyone's obsessed? The a Italian cannoli dessert. Yes. Ugh, kill me. But like, I've heard nothing but terrible things about Dallas. I. Truly, mm, that's true. That's I true. I hated Nashville. I feel like there's pick a pick a city in how is pick a city in Ohio. Nashville has the same popularity as Boston, so it's like we're both just yeah, okay, coming yeah. at it. From but <laughs> but like but like okay, Cleveland, like um, Toledo, Indianapolis. <laughs> but I don't know anything about them? You know, it's like why why Orlando? Honestly, <laughs> that's a that's on the list. Like, I feel like there's lots of. Lots of places in the South that we could probably do without. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Boston, plenty racist too. Right, but Boston also has cannoli and <laughs> seafood, which I like both of. Yeah. Okay, well, what about Philadelphia? Is there anything good about Philadelphia? I was just in Philadelphia last weekend. Philadelphia is a great city. <laughs> okay. We had very different weekends there. Though. There's lots to do in Philadelphia. There's lots of good food in Philadelphia. There's history. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's tough. Uh, what city wouldn't offend someone? Well, I mean, yes, but. <laughs> Maybe somewhere in uh, San Francisco. You know, how about that? I yeah, really honest, like honestly, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've never been, but feels overpriced. <laughs> yeah, we don't like that. Yeah. Uh, um. So uh, my last question, if you could go to the future and meet a a child from this world that is now fully grown, is there like a celebrity or someone personal, you know, that you'd be curious to see how they turned out? I had a similar question to this, but <laughs> the, okay. So is there like a child currently like <laughs> yeah. that I would want to meet who is, yeah, I'm, I feel like that would be kind of weird. Like, I mean, like, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe I'd want to meet like Penny or like, <laughs> I don't know, like one of these, like so one of my so friend's weird. babies. But, but I, well, think- I, I said I would want to, I would want to see how, um, I guess I don't know his full name, but Meghan Markle's kids turned out, you know, like, are they, oh, are they cool? Okay. Are they dicks? Like what happened there? Would they tell me more about their in-laws? Like that sort of thing. I feel like I'd be more interested to go to the future and meet somebody who's like an up and to meet like Florence Pugh or somebody and mm. sort of be like, oh, like you were on the rise back 30 <laughs> years ago. Like, what's the vibe now? Like, did you be, right. did you stay famous? Did you like sort of fall off the bandwagon? <laughs> like, you know, did you die That's tragically? <laughs> My question for you was going to be if you're if you could choose what your child is doing in 30 years, like what their sort oh. of like job is or occupation, like what is like the best version of your kid? Like you go to the future, you want them to be like a fashion designer or whatever. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. I maybe, guess. Maybe they I, can be saving the, yeah. the world from global warming. <laughs> yeah. I would hope that they, that they were doing something productive so maybe like an elizabeth warren type even though she hasn't been given the opportunity to be as productive as she could be i i think like not that i'd want her to be a politician honestly like oh drag but i feel like that's more of an end to really make some some changes so maybe in your version of the future where like people have become cooperative and like you know the the good of humanity is the good of all um then i'd want her to be like I guess, in the, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe some sort of cool politician changing the world or someone in the science, you know, field, uh, you know, on cutting edge technology, uh, giving opportunities that didn't exist before. I was thinking like some kind of activist is what, yeah. like, <laughs> like, like a big name activist kind of person, like a, not like Jesse Jackson necessarily, but you know, like that sort of like. <laughs> Greta Thunberg, but as a yes, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Because I was thinking, well, if I wouldn't want them to be like me in the future, I'm like, oh, like famous author, or whatever. But I was like, no, I think I'd be too jealous if my children like became good at the things that I was good at. <laughs> so I was like, I I need them to be in like a completely different field. So yes, yeah, like, like just si- an okay chef, but like, like not like totally famous. Oh no, they could be a, an amazing chef. They just can't be, they just have to pick something that I'm bad at and just like do that, you know? But can they be wealthier than you? It just yes. can't be in Oh your field. yes, right, oh, yeah, okay, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. That's fair. 
Yeah, you don't want them to live out your dream completely. Right, no, yeah. no. I want my own dream, and then I want <laughs> them to have their own dream. Yeah, and they could be like an Olympic runner, but you don't like pay attention to it because you're not interested in the Olympics, but it's like you're proud of them. Yes, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, like a sports star, I'd be I'd be down for that. I, I mean, that, I think professional sports are kind of stupid and a useless <laughs> waste of time and money for humanity, but um, yes. I would be much more into, yeah, them being like a tech guru or a doctor or something. Well, than... what would be like the most disappointing, famous thing they could be? Like, obviously, you don't, you'd be disappointed if they were like nothing. But what would you be like, oh, that's the field you chose to excel in? Ted, Ted Cruz. <laughs> I guess the future in my child is Ted Cruz. Yeah. I'd be pretty disappointed if, and this is topical, but if my child grew up to be like the world's best fireworks designer, it's like why you know i get i guess um fireworks are so overrated <laughs> i i don't really have opinions on fireworks i feel like i think i could think of a lot worse things than a fireworks designer okay name one ted cruz well but like <laughs> i feel like 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 I guess it's less about job and more about like, I wouldn't want my person to be like uh, some kind of like evil capitalist billionaire type person or like someone who works for like big pharma or like, um, or like, oh, they're in charge of a giant like beef distribution (laughs) ring or, you know, like, I don't know. I can think of lots of sort of like shady, like they're lumber, you know, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> something drilling something yeah. yes yes they're into yeah. fracking <laughs> that's fair well we'll have to do a follow-up episode in 2058 and see how how that all played out oh my gosh yeah well, we'll know, according to you we'll all be dead by then so <laughs> yeah uh, well hopefully we'll have something more upbeat for uh, next week oh is it black widow is that what's on the docket yes 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 i think it is black widow well, long time coming, so we'll see what how that Scar Joe. prequel with no future pays off. But excited to see that in action. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thanks for um, coming, pulling yourself together to pull off this episode. I, hopefully, it, it was worth it for our listeners. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they're beating <laughs> down the doors. They all watch this movie and they, they're glad that we're talking about it. Um, okay. Yeah, well, we'll be back next week, I guess, with Black Widow. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Also, we had a new Patreon episode about all of our childhood crushes and sexual awakenings, which is <laughs> out. We have merch, which is really cool and looks good that you can buy. You can also leave us a review. There's so many different ways you can connect with us. Um, <laughs> you can send us an email. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>